0: wonderful good morning again to all those who are with us online and good morning to those in the room I Wonder if you guys could take a seat we're gonna have um some family business real quick if everyone could find a seat that'd be wonderful it's good to worship the lord yeah it's good to worship the lord great wonderful it's good to see you all it really really is And uh, it's wonderful to worship with you all. And again, hello to everyone online. We're going to have a little bit of family business, quick. Tommy Carruthers is going to be preaching today, which is great. And so, I'm just going to jump right in, just to give him some time. We often worship a little longer than other people, and um, and we will continue to do that. So it's just, you know, we say the church is yours, Jesus, but then we want to tell him what to do. So it really is his body, yeah. Wonderful. So, I want to just firstly, we're going to have some baby dedications, and Josh is going to lead that, but I just wanted to thank someone, and that would be Christiane. Christiane, I know you probably don't want to, but could you stand real quick? You know, well, Christiane, Christiane when we had our, the person who was running our children's church over a year and a half ago about now. Uh, they left the state, and so we needed, it put us in a bit of an interesting situation, and because it happened very quickly, and so Christiane said, you know, I'll step in, and she made it clear, not in a bad way, just up front, you know, it's not something I plan to do for long, but she came and she stepped in, which was going to be a few months, and she ended up leading Children's Church and directing Children's Church for one and a half years. In those one and a half years, I think she may have made it into maybe one service, And, you know, soon after that, COVID took place, and so all the volunteers left. And so, you know, I wanted to thank you, but not just that. I wanted to read you a quick scripture. It says this. um, There was a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Don't you love the disciples? This is Jesus' disciples. And he said to them, the kings and Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater? Now, he's sitting at a table with a bunch of people. Think about this. You're sitting at a table, and you're being served by people. No, no, you've got to stay standing the whole time. Oh, no, the whole time. Yes, she doesn't like it. So, for who is greater... He who sits at the table, or he who serves, is it not the one who sits at the table? Because they have title and status. And yet the Son of God says, yet I am among you as one who serves. And this he gave as an answer to those who thought that they were great. And you know, Christiane, you served for a year and a half, which was not your plan. And not in any way to benefit yourselves, but because of your love for God, really, and because of your love for the kingdom. And that was her language all the way through behind the scenes. You don't know, well, what does the kingdom need? That's what I'll do. And, you know, there are rare people who understand that you can lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, or you can lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. And that's what this lady has done. And so I just want to thank you. I really do. I wonder if we could give her a hand. That'd be
1: awesome.
0: Jen. Christiane, could you come up here? Awesome. So Christiane, thank you. I'm not gonna make you share, but thank you. Can you face the people at least for one second? Awesome. Awesome. I trust that you're richly blessed. And at the end, she had to move house in the last couple weeks, so it's been crazy. So, over to you, sir.
2: Okay, as Clay said, we have some baby dedications today, so if you were planning to uh, dedicate your baby and told us about that, please go ahead and come on up. If you wanted to do it, you will have to wait, please, to the next opportunity for that next year. All right, yeah. So we have three families coming on up, and if you have extended family that you'd like to have join you, that's totally fine, and you're welcome to do that. All right. So we do want to leave some time for Tommy, at least 10, 12 minutes, if we can. So uh, we're going to have an opportunity for you to introduce yourselves, and you can pray or do something uh, else (laughs) for your child. We will ask to keep that to the two- to three-minute mark. And we will have Noah cut you off back there if needed. But uh, just wanted to give an opportunity. I'm going to kind of turn around and speak to everybody sort of at the same time. Um, we often get asked, you know, why are we doing this? It's, it's different than other denominations. I'm going to stop spinning in a circle. Sorry about that. It was probably a little weird. Um, you know, the, that are infant uh, baptisms. That's not what we're doing. We're giving these, uh, you know, uh, mothers and fathers an opportunity to dedicate their baby uh, to the Lord. There's many scripture references about this. Uh, I'm not going to read them, but they're in Deuteronomy and some other ones, yes, that uh, uh, give you the opportunity, uh, again, to just pledge that you're going to be training your child in the way to go, and the Bible even says, uh, until a time that they can actually take responsibility for themselves. So that's what we're giving the space and the opportunities, a little bit of a family environment here this morning, and so I'm going to turn it over to the Hughes to go first. Hi, I'm Gabby Hughes, you
3: have to take care Gabby Hughes, this is Corey, and this is Eleanor. Um, we each have oh, sorry. We each have a little something to say. Eleanor, today we bring you before family, friends, the church community, and the Lord, thanking him for the blessing of you in our life. Through your sweet perfection, you have shown me just how deep Jesus' unconditional love is for us. As your name so perfectly means, God is light. I pray that this be a foundation for you to live by all of your days. God has already used you as a beacon of his light to help us heal from the loss of our loved ones, navigating a world which presents us with great uncertainty and in helping me overcome my struggle with anxiety. I pray that you carry God close to you in all the days of your life and that you truly understand what John 1, 4-5 tells us. In him was life and that life was the light of man. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Eleanor, I pray that you will trust that God is forever faithful, even when circumstances surpass your understanding, and that you hold close where the psalm so perfectly states, gaze upon him, join your life with him, and joy will come.
4: I'll try to make this quick. Um, So, in the year or so prior to Ellie's arrival, um, we suffered the loss of my um, three remaining grandparents and my mother. And um, so, she really is the light that we needed just in time. Um, I was closest with my granddad. He was 98 when he passed away, and he often um, taught Sunday school at his church. Um, He was also a pilot during the war, so... Anytime he could sneak in, like a war story or something about flying, he would. Um, in preparation for his funeral, <clears throat> his pastor uh, was looking through his Bible and found some of these notes from one of the lessons that he had recently given on First um, Peter chapter two, and um, they kind of exemplify what we hope for Ellie to understand as she grows up. Um, so these are his words: um, <clears throat> "You are the chosen, all Christians." The special gifts given to each man, each can work in concert and harmony with the other for the good of all and the glorification of God. We know now God's love and concern is for all men. We have a prayer taught by Jesus which says, Our Father, if we believe this, then every Christian is brother under God the Father. We have difficulty accepting this because we are human and we are plagued with all the frailties and shortcomings of man. We want to accept it, but to do so, we need a plan. A plan to get from here today to there, eternal life and peace. So, how do we accomplish this? It's difficult and sometimes seemingly impossible, yet we must have faith and apply ourselves. It doesn't come easy. Paul talks of this about how it infringes on our unselfish desires. We're all travelers through life, but we, but. Are we headed to there, to eternal eternal life and peace? Any sort of trip needs a plan, a flight plan. Doesn't make a difference, land, air, sea, space. If we discard the plan, we get lost. Anyone with navigational knowledge knows you have to have references, the sun, the moon, stars, man-made guidance systems. They're all very complicated. I know I've used these things in aircraft, (laughs) boats, automobiles, charts, maps. But on this trip, God is my co-pilot, my navigator. God should be the navigator for each of us. He's given us the references in his navigational aid, the Bible. God knew man would have trouble. That's why these references have been given to Christians. We would like to have an expedient, a shortcut, but there are none. We have to follow our flight plan, have faith in our navigator, who has cre- created the plan and called us all together to go with him on this hazardous trip. But with faith in his plan, it can be a successful one. So we just pray that Eleanor um, grows to know the Lord and learns to trust in her faith in Him, and that no matter what you encounter on your journey, you stick to the plan.
2: Amen. We have a little gift for you, and uh, as I looked at Eleanor, uh, I just felt the Lord say that she is going to carry the fragrance of my spirit. And so if it's okay, if I could just speak a little blessing over Eleanor in Jesus' name, we just release that, and we just release a spiritual inheritance right now in Jesus' name. Oh, I'll take her if you want a little bit later. Okay.
5: Okay, next we have the Elliots. This one? Yeah. (laughs) Um, My name is Daniel. This is Anna. These are our three boys, Eli, Owen, and Joshua. Um, We had hoped to get him up for a... Dedication a bit earlier, but um, with the things went the way things went, this is when we got to it. So, we found out that we were going to be having Joshua just before we made our move to the States. Um, it was an interesting time for us. Obviously, international moves on easy, and uh, hey, buddy, you don't have to be shy. <laughs> and uh, it, it was really just an amazing blessing, but also just a time of uncertainty. Um, for us, but we've really seen God's hand um, on our family and also for this little guy. Um, we are super proud of him. He has been. You want to? Yeah. Okay.
6: And his name means um, Jehovah is delivered, Jehovah is provider. We had confirmation from my family and Daniel's family for his name, and just that we uh, chose that name because we believe he's a blessing in our family and that. Um, I feel like God really fulfilled promises with his birth. I had not experienced such a peaceful birth. I had a totally natural birth. It is possible to have peace and natural birth. And (laughs) I I had natural births with all three of them. But um, his was actually just to me miraculous. God's presence was so powerful. And that's possible for anyone, so just bless you with that. We just uh, pray that we will be good parents. Train Joshua. (laughs)
5: Um, And so what we've seen with him is just that he's had a real steadiness about him, that he's really been quite brave and bold, particularly with all the brothers. He seems to be able to stand up to the uh, torment that they'll put him through at times. But we just wanted to pray for him and say, Lord, we, we thank you for Joshua. We pray that your blessing would be upon him all the days of his life, that he would see your favor in everything that he puts his hands to, that he would see abundance in his life, and as his name and the history of his name has represented, that he would be a leader, that he'd be someone that would carry um, just your presence and your word and your authority into every situation. We thank you for him. Amen. I trade
2: you. And I just want to, if it's okay, if I can pray too, this is a, a blessing over Joshua. And as the Lord said to Joshua, I just play that, that you will take the territory, every territory the soul of your foot treads in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Last and certainly not least, Koa.
6: Right. Um, I just want to start by sharing a quick testimony. Um, as some of you may know, uh, Eden is our third child. Um, I had two C-sections previous to having her that were not planned and were very traumatic. Um, The last one was against my will. It was... (laughs) She was a surprise, and I didn't feel ready for her. But God walked me through that pregnancy with his peace. He kept speaking to me and confirming that this was his timing. And when the time came for her birth, He was with me through all 21 hours, and I just, I can't express enough that there was so much struggle, there was so much battles, and I had to have her at home because in order to try for a vaginal delivery, uh, no doctor would take me and let me try for that again after two C-sections. The last one even said, uh, he put on my chart that I was too small to deliver a baby naturally. Eden was born over a pound and a half larger than my other two children and a head that was one inch wider. (laughs) Um, God gave me such victory. He broke the lies off of me through her birth. And like her name, Eden, is a place of God's original plan. She was God's testimony to me of his original plan for me and his his healing and his restoration that happened with this little one. I thank God so much for her and just for the story and for the healing that he's brought in this process.
7: She's a talker. I want to thank my family for coming and joining us today. It's much appreciated psalms 147 in the passion translation the lord shows favor to those who fear him to his godly lovers who wait for his tender embrace jerusalem praise the lord zion worship your god for he has strengthened the authority of your gates he even blesses you with more children eden eden jewel you are a delight I pray God's favor over your life, that just as you are, redemption and blessing and victory, that you carry these the rest of your life, and we dedicate you to God today, that you will live for him.
2: Amen. Amen. Here's a gift for you. Just want to speak also a blessing over you, Eden, in Jesus' name. We just thank you for your precious gift, Lord. And just as the Lord said, just as uh, the Garden of Eden was the beginning, he's the beginning of work in her already today. And we just release that in Jesus' name. Can we give everybody your... Oh, never mind. Hold on.
0: Sorry, I wonder if we could stand real quick. I'll come up here. You guys stay there. You know, I know there are very practical people in our midst who are going, you know we have a schedule, right? You know, if you wired that way. Uh, I'm not, but I know many who are. But, you know, these words, I don't know if we understand, the words that parents speak bounce around the children's life until they find fulfillment. It's very important. And so I'm just going to ask us all just to pray for these families. This is part of Christianity. And I know we have time, but this is important. You know, so I'm going to ask you to pray. If you don't have children, pray your best prayers that you would want your children to be prayed over. If you do have, pray your best prayers that you would want your children to be prayed over. So could we all just stretch our hands real fast? Father, we thank you for these wonderful families. They've done so well up front here. We thank you for families represented. And we thank you for the authority that you put in each of these families and over these children. And we say these are yours. We dedicate them unto you, as was Samuel. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray your blood to rest over them all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome. Tommy. All right, Tommy's going <clears throat> to bring the word. I just want to say, I'm going to give um, Tommy freedom to take the time he would have normally have taken. But if you have lunches and schedules and things that are coming up. I know we normally end at 1130. If you need to leave at 1130, I'm just being real with you. Please feel free to do that. There's nothing wrong. Tommy may take an offense, but it's good. He'll work through it, and he'll work through it, and he'll be okay. And uh, if he's not, he shouldn't be up here, right? Right? So I'm going to pray for him. Lord, I thank you for this man. Lord, and I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And your word will never end. And I thank you for the word that you've put in his heart. We open our hearts and our ears that he can be himself. But Lord, let your spirit and the anointing of preachers come upon him. In the name of Jesus. Go for it, oh,
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, everybody. It is awesome to be in a place that makes time and space for dedicating babies. It is awesome. I have to just recognize that my mom and my sister are here. It is very special to have them here. I don't even know where they are, but thank you. Oh, there they are. Yes, so, so glad about that. My wife and I have three amazing kids that look just like her, (laughs) so they are blessed. My identical twin brother, not a joke, has kids that look just like him. So I win twice. <laughs> yeah. I do have to tell you a quick story. Jackson, our youngest, at home, he laid out all of our toy swords and lightsabers we are that family. On the floor the other day to help me help to have me help him destroy the galaxy. Those are his words. So like the mature young man that he is at three years old. We got drafting paper out and laid out careful plans of how the galaxy was to be destroyed. Oh, nobody believes me. No, he decided after three seconds of play fighting that he didn't need my help, which he told me. And he began swashbuckling the air by himself around our family room with sound effects. Like pew, pew, everywhere with lightsabers. I want to thank Clay for delivering an exceptional multi-part series to introduce this message. Today, we're gonna talk about our new nature as new creations. You can call it new creation life. You could not have asked for a better setup. The thing is, he didn't try to do that. And I did not try to follow him. That's evidence of the same spirit being at work in people bringing his word. He's very good. I'm gonna pray Holy Spirit thank you for your words and your thoughts and we welcome your presence that you would come be yourself in this room this morning in the name of Jesus amen I want to talk to you about something that has changed my life and it will change your life and it will change the world around you. That's the revelation in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has gone, the new has come. Yeah. I wanna share about a moment that began to bring a distinct change in my awareness of what I thought was possible as a child of God. The moment itself is only significant between me and the Lord, but it began a change in my thought processes, in my reactions, and in my hobbies. That covers a lot of ground. The result I noticed in my life was that uh, that situations that were hopeless seemed hopeful. It was God's reality being revealed in a greater measure. Heaven became a reality to me. To me on earth. I had been a believer, even a strong believer, even a leader in ministries and churches. But something old had gone, and something new had come fresh in its place. The old is a person's nature as a citizen of heaven. I'm sorry, of earth. The new is a person's nature as a citizen of heaven. Citizenship in heaven, to me at first thought, sounds a lot like people walking around in white robes playing harps. I'm not going to lie about that. Sure, peace and tranquility sound nice on vacation or in heaven, but it's too good and too peaceful to be true here. Now, the word gospel means good news, something a lot of us are familiar with, but the good in good news takes it further, too good to be true news. Every time the word gospel is spoken in the Bible to the Greeks, it conveyed, the meaning conveyed was this was the news that had previously been too good to be true. Johan and Tracy Olinhall of Grace Love Ministries, active in Africa, put it this way. The word for gospel in the original Greek, euagelion, was very rarely used in the contemporary Greek literature at the time of the early church. The literal meaning of the word is nearly too good to be true news, which in itself explains why the word was almost never used. Things that sound too good to be true, normally, when scrutinized, turn out to be untrue. But not so when it comes to the gospel. The gospel message contains such good news that it sounds totally incredible, that is, without credit. But it is still 100% true. This means that if what is preached in our churches is not good news that sounds too good to be true... The true gospel is not being preached. The child of God exists in two realities. Reality one, what a person is physically born into as human, as human beings made in God's image. Reality two, that we are spiritually born or adopted into. The first natural reality contains what we call life with all its struggles and victories and death. This is life as we know it. The second reality contains only the life Jesus came with, victories. This is life as God knows it. Bill Johnson says our identity has to be built out of how God sees reality, as his view, his perspective is the correct one. How does God see it? How does he see us in it? Let's look at the first environment he made for us, the garden. There, the reality that Adam and Eve knew was perfect love, perfect provision, and perfect acceptance. They lived in a reality that has a cost, perfect holiness through perfect obedience to him. This was a non-issue in the garden because they were perfectly fulfilled by God's nature toward them until they were deceived by the enemy. The truth of the gospel is that renewed access to God's reality was paid for by the struggles, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ who was empowered by and lived from that other reality. Philippians 2 through in the Passion Translation says, Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even to death. Because of that obedience, God exalted him, multiplied his greatness, And in Matthew 28, gave him the name that is above every name and all authority in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Amen. It was a living demonstration of the type of life that can be lived with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God the Father made his own thoughts and his own plans and his own power available to his Son through his Holy Spirit. By your new birthright, being born again into his family, you have inherited the family thoughts. Oh, my son just walked in. (laughs) You've inherited his thoughts and his plans and his power. This is not a position you apply for. It's a position you were made for Jeremiah 1.5 says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about the kids that were up here. Jeremiah 29.11 says I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. By being filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit, your new traits are activated so that your new identity, your true identity can be lived out. This identity has a name, son. It's the status of a son. One of my favorite things to pray over people is thanking God for them as sons of the king. It puts a piece of identity into them that they may not have had in the front of their mind or on their mind at all. Jesus is the king of heaven. And in Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Again, because that is worthy of repetition. It gave God great pleasure to adopt you as his own. Oops. Adoption is, among other things, a calculated invested decision. It is based on the adopter's ability to care for and uh, and plan to care for the child. It's an act that has nothing to do with the child's ability to prove themselves worthy of adoption. And it's motivated by the worth of the child as the adopter sees them. At the cross... The legal spiritual rights to your body and mind were transferred to the King of Heaven. He is your spiritual legal guardian, decision maker, and advocate. Just as children can agree with someone else's words about them that don't reflect the loving words of their parents, so can we agree with the thoughts of the enemy against us. Your thoughts do not all originate from you. There is a battle for your imagination and your conscience. Despite how you feel on a minute to minute basis, you are part of a new family because you have a new father. Before, I'm sorry, we are his children before we are servants and before we have jobs, although those are good and needed. Unlike your earthly identity, your heavenly identity exists not only for you, but for you to invite others to delight in theirs and in each other's. That is a privilege, people. You are royalty in a foreign country, if you will. A spiritual royal citizen of heaven in Philippians 3.20, while living physically on earth. We can even feel this separation, this foreignness, in our own homes or with our families or at our jobs if the mindset of heaven is not active there. Maybe we felt a significant difference between our home environment versus where we gather together as believers. Are we more willing to see ourselves how God sees us in a place like this building? With these people than we are in our own homes. When we visit old friends do we feel pressure to be who they have known us to be or do we feel freedom to be who God is forming us to be? He desires us to live with minds that he has renewed. The mindset of heaven What the Bible calls the mind of Christ breeds and gives way to the culture of heaven. We become carriers and sources of that culture. Houses, neighborhoods, even regions can be influenced by the culture that we subscribe to and promote. The more of heaven we put into ourselves, the more will emanate from us. People feel peace and order within, not based on the storms in life, but on the person of peace. In contrast to chaos, what people might call normal feelings, we can have a new normal. As royalty, we are called to treat each other and our surroundings as a king would, and recognize each other for who we are. Alan Hood, a leader at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, proposes that even animals have an awareness of this. Animals will see a person and stop in their tracks as if to pause for a glance in surprise before reacting. He points out that this surprise is more than simply, oh, didn't expect to see you there, like a deer in headlights. It is evident of them encountering the glory that man once embraced and stewarded In the garden. That is definitely it. To go a step further, perhaps closer to the heart, consider that heaven sees your earthly family differently than you do. The family that you were physically born into is also seen as royalty from God's perspective. This makes your natural family line a royal family line. Think of how our interactions with our family would change if we paused to consider that perspective more often who we have been can cloud our perspective of who we can become because God sees who we created us to become and doesn't focus on who we've been there's a saying that Hollywood has used a couple famous times that comes from a French philosopher and critic named Charles Baudelaire. The biggest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. The, for the human mind to fully grasp our new nature, there are struggles and there is grace. Falling back into our former habits or thought patterns, the old you often has us feeling like our sin nature, the old man, is coming back to take its place. This is compounded by the fact that this is a common teaching. The truth is, that man has died. Dead man can't crawl their way back to the throne of your life. But a liar who is doing that dirty work can whisper in your thoughts, in a voice that sounds just like your inner thoughts. That your old dead man is really good at coming back to life. He is not. The old has gone. The new has come. But will we believe it? Ephesians 6.12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against the spiritual powers and principalities of darkness. Your struggle to walk out your abundant life in the Lord is not hampered by your old nature or your old tendencies or your old friends. It is hampered by an enemy that is always looking for a chance to sound like someone else and do it convincingly. To illustrate this, I'll share about a prank video I saw recently. I am a fan of prank videos. That is a confession. Provided that the victim doesn't get hurt or react in a regretful way, and I'll, because fr- I'm not going to promote those people. I'll further admit that this one was executed well. I'll paint the picture: two people leaned on the railing of a tall overlook in a beach town. Directly below them, a man was washing his hair under an outdoor showerhead. Oh, have you? <laughs> Somebody said I've seen that. This man. <laughs> must have been a regular, and these people must have had a plan. From abo- uh, <laughs> the people above must have had a plan because they had a bottle of shampoo. Little by little, they poured theirs from high above straight onto his head, intermittently, so he wouldn't notice, and watched this man rinse his hair over and over with growing frustration. It was funny. At first, then my heart went out to him. He had no clue the extra shampoo was coming from an outside source. It must have felt just like his own. And it just kept coming. This led him to just keep dealing with it. Undoubtedly thinking that he was his own problem. If he had stepped out of the shower and looked up, He would have seen the source, the truth. He would have seen that his own shampoo was not out to get him, nor had he improperly washed his hair. We've all done that a few times, so we know the drill. The stuff that was originally in his hair had already been washed out. He was now engaged in another battle that was designed to appear and feel just like the first one. I propose that a renewed mind in this situation recognizes that something is amiss. That's a physical example of what happens to us on a spiritual level. It's not always that obvious, especially if you're the focus. When the battleground is your mind, the best defense is a strong offense. Proactively putting the word into us and engaging God and his presence is the key. Proverbs 9.10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When the word is in us, we begin to realize that some of our fleeting thoughts do not come from us because they don't align with what we've been exposing ourselves to. They come from a prankster with three goals, to hide but not leave, to speak to you in a voice that sounds just like your internal voice. And three, to pull your gaze off of Jesus. It can hide in ads on a phone or a computer screen, or in a medical diagnosis, or in a giant surprise expense. Our new man, our new nature, doesn't get anxious, or afraid, or hopeless. Sorry, hold on. Press the button, I shouldn't have. There we go. In Romans 8.37, it's called More Than a Conqueror, and it is waiting for the tag in. Another truth is that all parts of your life are property of and instruments for the kingdom of God. You are not your own. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price. There was a day little story, when I understood that my time was included in this way of life. It was a Sunday right after church around 1 o'clock. This is normally a sacred time. I was on my phone checking up-to-date news before kickoff about a team that was destined to disappoint me. (laughs) Guess which team? (laughs) My children were asking me questions and asking to play games with me. And there was yard work to do. Typically, this was an easy decision. All tasks are delayed until post-game. But in the words of Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, not this day. (laughs) Suddenly, and it was suddenly, the urge to shut off the world around me and focus on football, left. The anxiety, or we might say FOMO, fear of missing out, left. I told my wife I wasn't going to watch the game. What I can say about this change was it brought freedom and peace to my life and my house. I still like football, but my Sundays are back. Is powerful. The kingdom of God had touched my daily planner. Whatever the kingdom touches, it in some way becomes alive to God's purposes. I propose that he wants to touch your daily planner. Has he? Or maybe your money? or your successes at work, or your relationships, or your future. You have authority delegated from the king. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, so now go. That means it comes to us. This authority is to bring change and life to circumstances. I know we're going over time. Instead of being subject to events or circumstances, they are now subject to you as the son's king and delegate. Our father in heaven calls us to think like him, to have renewed minds that see dilemmas not as brick walls or a plank to walk, but as opportunities to put faith into action. My wife and I have the privilege of hosting a life group at our home with another couple. It is a privilege. Some people, including leaders, see this kind of meeting with the mindset of a support group. Share your troubles and concerns, get a sense of community because you're not alone, and leave without being changed. The mindset of heaven calls us to recognize the authority we have over these struggles and concerns. When we pray for each other, we call forth that which exists in heaven to be present here. We often see bodies healed and sleep restored and favor at work and raises at work and family relationships restored and other things. At home, we also have opportunities often to practice supernatural healing, we have three kids. I could leave it at that. But I'll also say that we're at the point at home, by the grace of God, because it didn't used to be like this, that our children, even our three-year-old, they ask us to pray before they ask for a Band-Aid or ice. That is awesome. They've seen us take God at his word. They've seen his word be true. Chandler Moore of, music, of Worship Music Collective, Maverick City Music, says creation is waiting for your sons and daughters to realize who they are. These are the words not of a pastor or an evangelist, just of someone who sees what God has put inside his people. Creation is waiting for us. I talk about these things not just for us to have an opportunity to grasp this nature, but also for those for whom this nature is waiting. Maybe something inside you woke up, in a way, today. For some people, that feels like a call to action or a call to change something in their lifestyle. The good thing about this kind of change is it doesn't always mean you have to stop something sometimes it means you get to begin something get to begin something i'll end with a story here for example for me it created a desire to have worship music playing around me as often as i could i love music i love many types of music that are not classified as worship music But this change brought a new standard. He's here today, folks. Even if music honored Jesus, it was not enough if it didn't worship him. I wanted my ears to hear what heaven was hearing. When God initiates that change, it becomes easier the old has gone and the new has come. Will we believe it? That's the end. But I'm going to pray for all of us because this is for everyone. I'm going to pray for revelation. Even the spirit of revelation. That we end up seeing him in a light that he has waited for us to see him in. Because there's more of him for us to experience and even think about. But there's so much more of him for us to experience. To become like even more active children of the kingdom. Can we stand? Holy Spirit, Come rest on your family in the name of Jesus. Come bring your mindset and tailor it to each one of us in the way that you designed before we were born. I pray for a quickening, a greater realization, a greater awareness. Of your thoughts and your plans for us, and your abilities that you've put in us, and the reactions that we can have as children of you and delegates and sons in your kingdom. We want revival, Holy Spirit, individual and corporate. Come and have your way. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen.